Welcome to Trade Experts, flipping the script on the common narrative of international trade. We shine a light on the bright female leaders of this dynamic field in order for female voices to be heard and recognized equally in debates about trade policy, whether in the media, at conferences, or at negotiating tables worldwide. From trade policy, economics, and law to regulation, technology, and digital policy, these experts will be overlooked no more. Let's challenge the status quo. On today's podcast, we have Ingrid Berglund, an advisor on trade policy at the Confederation of Swedish Enterprise. She wrote an article on the Trade Experts COVID-19 blog titled, An Ambitious Agenda on Trade and Multilateralism is Needed for the Recovery of the Global Economy. Thank you for joining us today. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your trade background. So my name is Ingrid Berglund and I'm working as a trade policy advisor at the Confederation of Swedish Enterprise. Um, so that's Sweden's largest uh, business federation, uh, representing 49 member organizations and actually 60,000 member companies. And um, so I'm working on different trade, trade topics um, as a trade policy advisor. Uh, but I've only been there since February. So before that, I was um, working as a trade policy advisor at the National, um, National Board of Trade here in Sweden. And my educational background is, um, I studied political science and economics at Linköping University for a bachelor. And then I did a master's uh, in international business and politics at Copenhagen Business School. In the article that you wrote, um, you were talking about how trade policy can contribute to public health by liberalizing trade in medicines and medical supplies. Um, can you give us more information about that and how that might work? First of all, um, export restrictions on medical supplies should be removed as they ignore global value chains and they risk leading to mistrust between countries. And moreover, uh, unilateral and temporary measures to liberalize trade in medical supplies should be made permanent. And uh, a plurilateral agreement among as many countries as possible should be negotiated. And here, a possibility could be to expand the WTO pharmaceutical tariff agreements. Of course, this agreement needs to be updated with new products. For example, medical devices and personal protective equipment should be included. And the agreement also needs to be expanded in, in terms of participating countries, as today many, many countries are not parties to the agreements. And governments should also explore the possibility to expand this agreement beyond tariff reductions, such as the rules on export restrictions and on non-tariff barriers and, and services. Because expanding this agreement would be beneficial from a general public health perspective, but also if new waves of COVID-19 or, or other virus infections should occur in the future. And increased trade opportunities can lead to more innovation and better products at, at lower prices. And in a situation where maybe um, we see this kind of um, pandemic crisis again, um, you know, w would you anticipate that in this economic downturn caused by a pandemic that governments would turn to these protectionist policies and, and why? So usually uh, a common reason for those policies is to shield domestic industries from competition. Um, but during this crisis, and perhaps in future outbreaks, the underlying cause might be different. 
Um, and here we've seen um, political arguments that businesses should diversify their supply chains in order to decrease dependency on a single country or on a region. And some have even taken this argument further and suggested that reshoring production, move it closer to home and increase domestic production should be a policy objective. But the underlying cause here is different uh, as it is to, to um, protect citizens by, by keeping important products and inputs within the country. You talk about risk spreading as a strategy. Is that is that what you mentioned? Where you maybe if you have more than one country as an input, maybe there's there's less risk to the supply chain. Uh, definitely, um, and even though a strategy of reshoring or diversification might be the right decision for some companies, and the risk spreading is a superior uh, strategy, those choices uh, must be driven by businesses, but not by policymakers. And from a government perspective, uh, it is better to, to look at other approaches to ensure that we have critical goods close to citizens by, by stockpiling of critical goods, for example. Um, because where, where you store critical goods has nothing to do where companies produce them and how their global production networks look like. And in addition to that, we don't know what future crises will look like. We don't know what challenges we will meet and what products we will need then. So even if one country could produce all it needs on its own, it would not be the safest way to make sure that everyone has access to important products. And we know that companies in basically all sectors, uh, including in the medical supplies and in the pharma sector, they've split up their production uh, across countries with different comparative advantages. And, and, and this uh, leads to better products uh, at lower prices and reduced trade opportunities will, will lead to higher costs and, and reduced innovation. Um, so instead of looking inwards by restricting exports and focusing on reshoring and pushing for policies that would disrupt supply chains, governments should let businesses decide and should focus on creating an environment that is conducive to trade and investment instead. So my point here is that we should focus on developing the multilateral trading system as it has a large role to play when it comes both to, to, to tackling the global health crisis, but also to the recovery of the, the global economy. So when policymakers are looking at a policy, um, if they're comparing reshoring versus multilateralism, uh, why is it that multilateralism would help um, with the recovery of the economy? So besides liberalizing tra trade in, in medicines and in medical supplies, uh, trade is also a very critical component in the recovery of our economies. And we must therefore recommit to uphold existing multilateral trade rules. And, but we also need to develop and reform the multilateral trading system. So when we are discussing strengthening multilateral cooperation, we cannot ignore the problems that, we, that were evident already before the crisis. And that is that the WTO needs to be reformed and, and modernized. And this has become even more evident during the crisis when, when we see a lot of protectionist winds um, that are becoming more prominent. But that's why I argue that turning inwards won't work and we should instead focus on developing the multilateral trade system. You say that trade would help to improve the global economy. Um, and is, is that, in your opinion, is that because it will allow consumers to have like a broader access to different goods and those goods might be less expensive for the consumer, allowing them, you know, more um, access to products? Or are there other reasons as well? 
example. So the main reason is that um, splitting up production across countries with different comparative advantages leads to better products at lower prices for consumers. Um, so um, increased trade opportunities will lead to, 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 to better products at lower prices, whether, whereas reduced trade opportunities will lead to higher costs and reduced innovation and new products that we need to fight the pandemic, but also to, to global health in general, in, in developed and in developing countries. And then in your article, you also talk about um, challenges facing multilateralism. You might have touched on this already, but can you let us know what challenges you see to um, a multilateral policy? We know for sure that WTO needs to be reformed and modernized. And one challenge is that WTO is a consensus-driven uh, organization, uh, which makes it difficult to, to, to conclude new, new agreements and come to new rules. And, um, and uh, saving the dispute settlement system is the number one priority. But we also need to focus on, on other areas to, to modernize the system. We need to focus on, on uh, updating the WTO rulebook. Uh, we know that uh, global value chains or global production networks, servicification and digitalization are here to stay. But we haven't updated the WTO rulebook in a long time. So we have to do that in order for it to become relevant for today's realities. And another important aspect is that we need to establish closer cooperation and greater engagement between the WTO and, and stakeholders because business needs to be involved uh, as they are the ones that are using the rules. You also mentioned digital trade and how we've kind of seen in a time of a pandemic and lockdowns that the consumption of digital um, products has really skyrocketed and, and you see that as an opportunity. Can you expand on that a little? Definitely. I, I see that as an, as an opportunity um, because the digitalization of production and of trade uh, has, been, has been obvious for many years and, and it's here to stay. And the lockdowns and, and all the restrictions that we have seen during the crisis have just strengthened the, the critical role of the digital economy. And, and that holds for, for all of us. It holds for governments, but also for, for businesses and, and for us as individuals. And this development has just emphasized the need for international rules on digital trade and, and just shows that we need, we need those uh, common multilateral rules on digital trade. And it gives even more leverage to the e-commerce negotiations at the WTO. So, so I would argue that uh, one priority uh, for the WTO members would be to conclude the talks on, on the e-commerce. But we also need to think beyond e-commerce. We also need new rules on, on other areas. Uh, we need new ambitious rules on areas such as investment, uh, industrial subsidies and, and fishery subsidies. It wasn't really something that you focused on in your article, but it, it made me think of it. When I was reading your article, it made me think about um, how, how developing countries and developed countries might have differing strategies in a time of crisis. Um, so do you have any um, comments or ideas on, on how maybe um, the, the, these countries might have differences and how they tackle this, this health crisis and recovery of the economy? I was thinking uh, on that in terms of, uh, of export bans or export restrictions and how, how they 
how they are never a good thing and how they risk uh, generating mistrust and destroy trade relations. But also in terms of uh, not every country uh, today has uh, a production of, of all the, the goods we need to, to fight the pandemic. And for many uh, least developed countries or even developing countries, they don't have that production within their countries. So when we, when we put up uh, export bans, even, whether, even if they're temporary, um, it actually leaves developing countries at a particular risk in, in that sense. And, and that really puts the burden on developed countries to make sure that, you know, they don't turn inward in a time like that and they, they are able to use the economies of scale and, and they are able to use the resources that they have to, to help those countries that might not have those same resources. Exactly, it does. And, and, that's, and that issue ha hasn't really been discussed uh, because everyone is, is, of course, looking for, for their own citizens and, and trying to protect and help their own, their own citizens. And, and that's very understandable. And that's why I'm, I'm instead would like to suggest that if governments want to do something, well, uh, look at the opportunity of stockpiling very critical goods instead of, of uh, steering and deciding where companies should put their production and, and trying to uh, understand their global production networks because uh, politicians can never be better to do that than the businesses themselves. I missed that point when you said it earlier, but that's really important because uh, we can still have a global supply chain and a global production line, uh, but then, you know, just having the finished goods stored in your country could um, could really insulate you from any shortages or crises. Exactly, because where we, where we choose to, to store the critical goods has nothing to do with where companies produce them. So that's um, another opportunity. Than, than trying to decide and steer where companies should should produce. Well, if we can end on maybe um, a positive note, do you have any um, any thoughts or stories on and maybe something, maybe a win, maybe a country did something good, or what have you seen that is actually encouraging um, as a response to this crisis? Yeah, um, many countries have taken the opportunity to act in a positive way as well. Um, many governments have uh, reduced or removed tariffs, for example, on, on medical goods, on medical supplies. Even if they're unilateral and they're temporary, it's really good things. And, and that's why I think that it, it could be possible to do something together, to do something plurilateral or um, hopefully multilateral uh, later on. So tell us about this, the COVID-19 and trade policy ebook that you are working on. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, an ebook uh, that was edited by Richard Baldwin and Simon Evanes, and it consists of uh, several chapters on very interesting topics relating to COVID-19 and trade. Uh, so my colleagues and I um, at the Confederation of Swedish Enterprise, we wrote a chapter in this ebook, and, and here we argue that it's only an open global market where goods, services, people, and data can flow across borders without unnecessary obstacles that can actually contribute to, to public health and to the recovery of our economies. Very cool. I, yeah, I took a look at the book. Um, you can download it for free, yes? Uh, 200 pages. It's very comprehensive from what I've seen, so I'm excited to look into it. Well, thank you so very much. Very good. Yeah. That was 
Ingrid Berglund talking about an article she wrote on the Trade Experts COVID-19 blog. You can find that at tradeexperts.org under the article, An Ambitious Agenda on Trade and Multilateralism is Needed for the Recovery of the Global Economy.